You're listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. Duncan and I will be practicing some social distancing the rest of the week uh, in the desert of Utah, if they'll let us out of town. No, no, we're going farther. We're going farther, deeper into the desert. We, we figured that part out. Everyone's there. <laughs> it's true. I hope they're not there there. If you need 144 rolls of toilet paper for a 14-day quarantine, you probably should have been seeing a doctor long before <laughs> coronavirus. Okay. You guys good? Awesome. Let's dive in. So, you know, John kept telling me, I've really got this thing on my heart to teach when Jesus sits in the boat and begins teaching all these parables to the people. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, and I haven't really figured out. And I think you said, were you in Matthew? Is that the verses you're coming from? I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then a couple weeks later, I'm like reading through Luke and I just get hit with these verses. I'm like, these are so good. And then he finally gets to, because he's always like, you know, eight weeks before he gets to the new thing, because he's finishing the other thing. And he gets up here and he starts teaching the same verses that God has given me. So I know this is going to sound like copying, but it's not. Um, And actually, he's in Matthew, I'm in Luke. Totally different. So let's dive in and go quickly. Turn to Luke 8, 4 through 18 with me. For all of you at home, I'm super jealous that you're in your comfy pants. But like John said, don't get too comfy doing that. We we miss you. This isn't isn't permanent. But grab your coffee. Grab your Bible. Curl up in your comfy pants. Let's do this. All right. Luke 8, starting in verse 4. One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, but I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. Verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from being, believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and so they never grow into maturity. And the seed that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Now, often these next verses, I think, are taught as separate from these, but I, I want to really highlight that they are so part of the same parable, okay? So we're going to read it, and then I'll explain it. But don't, I want you to try to connect these in your, in your thinking right now. No one lights a lamp and then covers it with a bowl. Okay, we're talking about the seed, the word of God. No one lights a lamp and then covers it with a bowl or hides it under a bed. A lamp is placed on a stand 
where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. For all that is secret will eventually be brought out in the open, and everything that is concealed will be brought to light and made known to all. So pay attention to how you hear. If I had a title for this message, I, don't, I, I panicked and forgot, almost forgot to do my labels and title and all that, so I don't know what I gave it, but what I'm calling it now is how do you hear? How you hear, not what you hear, not when you hear, how do you hear? Verse 18, so pay attention to how you hear. Those who listen to my teaching, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what they think they understand will be taken away from them. Okay, and again, often those verses are separated out. Verse 18, separated out from that seed, the parable of the seed and the sower. But they shouldn't be. They're a beautiful conclusion to the truth Jesus just gave us about Look, God's out here. He's scattering the seed. He's scattering the seed. How are you receiving it? What kind of soil is it finding place in? Okay, so let's pick out some of these words from verse 18. Okay, pay attention, behold, or take heed. I don't know how your version translates that word. It says this, it is intent and earnest contemplation. Mental vision or seeing to observe, discern, perceive, or, you know, it's just what you have sight to see. It's used a physical and mental sight. But I think the, the key in this is that intent, earnest contemplation. Pay attention. Think about it. Focus on it. Give attention to how you're hearing. Okay, think. It's, 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 it's intentional. It's purposeful. There's something in there I'm missing. It's, it's, we've got to give attention to it. We can't just... Let every thought, let every um, media message, everything anybody tells us just all come in. Pay attention. How are you hearing? What are you hearing? Where is it coming from? Okay, how? How? You know, this is by what means. You know, and I looked up means, right? Because how often do you use that word? Maybe you do. I don't use means. The definition, just the English dictionary definition is it's an action or system by which a result is brought about. Okay, so it's how. How do you hear? In what way do you hear? By what manner? By what means? Okay, what action or system? How are you processing? What is your filter as you're hearing truth and what God is, the seed God is bringing to you? And I believe he's bringing you seed every day. He's speaking to you. He's, he's creating opportunity for your, the word to be opened up to you. Are you being intentional? Are you, do you, are you taking action? And how are you hearing that word? Um, and then here, this can be, again, physical or perceived. Um, and again, to give audience of or to understand. I like to give audience of. So what I did is I took all these definitions and I kind of rewrote the verse. I'm not rewriting the Bible. I'm just trying to help clarify what I think this verse is saying. <laughs> the Petersons are watching from their couch in their comfy pants. Hi, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Boyd. I shouldn't look at my phone. I know better. I should have turned it off. Okay, my version of this verse. Be intentional and give serious consideration to the systems and methods that you use when giving audience to the word. Don't be haphazard. Don't be lackadaisical. Don't be lazy when you're hearing the word, when God is speaking something to you. Okay, so I want to read these verses, Luke 8, 16 through 18, from the Passion Translation because, oh, sure. We're going to repeat that definition. Be intentional and give serious consideration to the systems and methods that you use when giving audience to the word. Okay? So Luke 8, 
8, 16 and 18 from the Passion Translation, no one lights a lamp and then hides it, covering it over or putting it where its light won't be seen. No, the lamp is placed on a lampstand so others are able to benefit from its brightness. Because this revelation lamp now shines within you, nothing will be hidden from you. It will all be revealed. Every secret of the kingdom will be unveiled and out in the open made known by the revelation light. So pay careful attention to your hearts as you hear my teaching. For to those who have open hearts, even more revelation will be given to them until it overflows. And to those who do not listen with open hearts, what little they imagine they have will be taken away. It's the conclusion to the parable. It's not separate, okay? These, and I said that again, you know, Jesus is giving us this picture of the seed and the farmer. These verses are the main point of that, okay? Rather than just hold it for an hour. Not an hour, hang in, sorry, don't panic. <laughs> 40 minutes? These seeds contain the power to mature and produce a harvest up to 100 times but it's the soil that determines if they're even going to sprout. The seeds have the power. The word of God has the power to bring itself to pass. Where it's landing in us determines the harvest, determines the outcome. Will it even sprout, you know? And the, these verses tell us those who have open, teachable hearts will receive more revelation, will receive more understanding. We receive more insight. We receive more wisdom. We receive more understanding of who Jesus is and his ways and his nature. And I love that he uses seed in that because it's so true. I, you go in the word and this one verse is so alive and you take it into that good soil and you meditate on it and you, you begin to try to live it out and it just begins to transform you from the inside out. And then all of a sudden, it produces a harvest of more of the same. And then you've got more of that word growing in your life, and then you have more to give out to other people. And I love, it always fascinates me because I think people exclude themselves and sometimes from letting that grow and pouring out of them. It's often the places where you have been wounded or hurt or, I mean, there's, there needs healing in an area where, and I don't know, maybe it's just because we're hungry in that area to be made whole. That's how it worked for me with finances and relationships and like pretty much all of life, right? Like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I was pretty much crazy and broken and hurting and, you know, I mean, I was a Christian, but I was a mess. Do you guys know that? Is this a surprise? You know, now I'm less of a mess because I have taken the word and I've met and I've just, when I first got this God kind of started downloading this to me. There, guys, there is such a weight and a weightiness and a responsibility, I feel, in this that we have to pay attention to how we hear because it will transform you. It will change your life if you do this. And I'm not talking about like, you know, just say it until you believe it or just make these declarations, you know, oh, I'm healed in the name of Jesus, which we are, but it's, it's more than just saying stuff. It's more than just the surface level belief or mental, maybe it's, it's not just even agreeing with the word, it's getting it into you until it changes you from the inside. And then all, you know, and here's how it's worked in mine. I, you know, for the past, what, four or five years, I've talked about poverty mentality and relationship stuff. Look, that's because I was hungry for healing and growth in those areas. I sought out the word. I sought out truth on that. And now I look around, and it's so interesting, and this is what God has highlighted to me, is I look around, and I see people who haven't been on that journey for five years, and the things they say, and the hope they have or don't have, 
in an area. And I'm like, come on, we can do this. We can change the world. And they're like, yeah, it's kind of just what it is. I don't know if it's going to get better. And you're like, no, because I have been working on this transformation. It's just become so, and I'm, guys, I have so far to go, right? You guys know that. There is a transformation that happens where you actually begin to see and process and think like God. And you start having hope for things that you didn't have hope for before. And you start processing the way God processes. And it's just awesome. Hang on. I forgot to turn this to. I don't know what I did. Sorry, guys. There it is. I forgot to tell it not to go to sleep. I talked too long. I got tired. All right. Where are we? <sighs> Those who do not listen with open, teachable hearts, even what they think they understand, will be taken away. So, again, there's power in the seed, but neglect or lack of value for what it contains and that real ability to change us from the inside out. Again, not just mental agreement. We're talking, you know, it's my little foot pad. Um, We are talking about real transforming power. There's power in the seed, but we can neglect it. We cannot value it, or we cannot value the life that it contains. And it will result in one of those scenarios we just read, right? Like, It'll get eaten up right away, or it'll sprout quickly and then it dies. It'll get choked out by weeds. Okay, and basically, the seed won't mature and it won't produce a harvest. And I love that verse. Every kingdom secret is available, but how you hear, every secret of the kingdom, everything that God has, it's available to us. But how we hear, how we receive the seeds he gave us today will determine if we get more seeds tomorrow and the next day. And I think, again, God is always speaking. He's always reaching. He's always making opportunity for us. But if you want that hundredfold harvest, pay attention to how you hear. It, and so I wrote down, how you hear determines what truth can grow to maturity in you and produce more life and more seeds and more harvest. Can we all have work to do in how we hear God's word? Um, I'm going to kind of skip over that for time because I want to get to some other things. But... Um, if you want to see my notes later, I'll send you the how, how, how to practically do some of that. And I, this is, uh, Chris Valentin talked about these verses a while ago, and I loved his take on it. You guys all know what an algorithm is, right? Like you search for princess fairy dresses for the father-daughter dance, and then all of a sudden your whole Facebook feed and every time you're online, all you get are ads for princess fairy dresses. There's an algorithm that you search for this, you sought this out, we'll give you more of it. That's kind of how the kingdom works. What you give attention to, what you pay attention to and give value to, you're going to get more of. So if that's fear and worry, stress, anxiety, bitterness, offense, you're going to get more of that. If it's faith and hope and love and focusing on the good things in life and being thankful and generous, you're going to get more of that. Okay, again, what are you giving audience and attention and value to? And look, it creates a belief system in us. The things we focus on and pay attention to, it's creating a belief system within you. So again, be intentional. Carefully consider what you're hearing and how you're allowing it to shape your beliefs. We need to hear the news. We kind of need to know what's going on in the world sometimes. How are you, but how are you letting that affect and shape your beliefs and your mindsets and what's going on in your heart? And I think, you know, as I was studying this, it just kind of hit me. I think being in the world but not of it has weighed more to do with what we're talking about today, our beliefs and what we're giving value to than what we do, what we own, where we go, okay? Because we can get weird as Christians, like, oh, they drive this car or they have that and they shouldn't. It's like, you don't know that. What do you believe? Are you pursuing the heart of God and being transformed? Um, 
And I just wrote down, where's your hope and where's your trust? Do you believe and speak and live? What do you believe and speak and live about God while in this world? What is coming out of you? We're in this world. We can't change that. But what are you bringing while you're here? What is the revelation light? You have access to it. But you have um, responsibility too. Okay. So I can't talk about this without going to Romans 2.12. And I'm pretty sure I can't give any message without going to Romans 2.12. I'm not sure. I feel like you guys should just, you see me coming, you should just open to Romans 2.12. I don't, I didn't mean to make this my life first. 12.2. Mm, 12, Thank you. John knew. 12.2. 12, I wrote it backwards. <laughs> you guys go to, let's see if you really know what I'm talking about. See, John even knew what verse it was supposed to be because that's how often I mention it. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation, Romans 12.2. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. This is so good. Any pattern, any ideal, any opinion for doing life that is not rooted in God, in his nature, in his ways, in his word, is not a good fit for you. It's not a good fit. It's not how you were designed. It's not what you were meant to carry. You were designed and patterned after God to carry life and love and hope and purpose and solutions. And to live life in the fullness you're designed for, you have to give yourself to the process of transformation. There's a process to this. It is not easy to be like, wow, I am in the presence of God, and he just told me everything I believed about such and such is wrong. Who? A, well, I don't know about you. A, I'm a little embarrassed because uh, I've been living out of that belief for a long time, and other people are probably looking at me going, yeah, she's wrong, and she doesn't know it. That's how I work. That's shame, guys, by the way, which is also a liar, okay? But it's like, oh, my gosh. But then you have a choice. Am I going to make the change? Am I going to start following this? Am I going to start meditating the truth about what the tithe is? Am I going to start figuring out how to be generous and believe what God says in these areas of my life? Um, and I love at the end of that verse, when we begin this process of, of this changing, letting that seed in and that transformation process, it says we, be, we will begin to think and see like God. We will know his will what he desires, what brings him joy and pleasure, what his purposes are on the earth, what his nature is like. You get to actually know, again, you get to know that and you start seeing with eyes of hope and possibility and purpose and you're excited because things don't look good now, but with God, with God, sorry, this is so bad. I so can we just talk real quick, some practicals? When you cough in your elbow, and then you fist bump somebody to say hi, I just feel like that is a no-no. So let's just clear that air there. If you can remember that, I would never remember, like, which side I coughed in. That's a little, that's not six feet. I don't know. Okay. Let's focus. Again, a renewed mind looks for solutions and answers, refuses to be a victim, loves learning and growing, takes on new challenges, will not make excuses, is secure in identity and calling. Um, okay, so it's in this parable the, you know, where the farmer puts the seed down. Again, it's about God planting his word in the hearts of people. And I don't think, you know, it's, it, the way the wording is, God, it, it says the, the farmer scatters the seed. 
I don't think he's careless and haphazardly scattering. I think he's putting out seed to test the soil to see if it's ready for more. He's testing the soil to see, will this find a good, healthy place to grow? Are they ready for more? Are they ready for this, this life I have for them? Nope, not yet. They're still letting offense trample it down. They're still letting all the distractions in their life choke it out. Um, he's good. He's always giving us opportunities to know truth and always speaking to us, always planting seeds. Okay, so in our life, in your life, will his word find open, ready, teachable, and hungry hearts where his word can be nurtured and grow to maturity? That's the harvest. It grows to maturity and produces more. Um, and again, I think I mentioned this, but I do want to be clear. I'm not, ta- I'm not just talking about saying the right things or knowing the Christian lingo. I'm talking about actually being changed in how you see the world and process life and approach everything. And there's no formula for this, right? I wish there was. I, I like formulas and, you know, seven-step processes. But I can only ask you, how do you hear? How You guys have to look at this. How am I hearing? How do I hear? Because it's going to determine everything else. And we do. We have a responsibility to hear the word and give it the place of highest influence. Highest influence and authority in our lives. And truly, again, I know I said this, there is a weight to this. There was such a weight to this when God first dropped this in my heart that what you give attention to, what you give authority to in your life, it will determine the outcome of your life. It will. And look, that doesn't mean you're going to have a horrible life, but there is so much more that God wants to do in you and through you. And I, you know, this really probably started a lot for me eight years ago when you have a kid and all of a sudden you're like, I better deal with my stuff or I'm just going to pass on my habits and my problems and my um, bad attitudes. You know, we talk about general, generational curses. I think, in part, that's just things mom and dad didn't deal with that then we, we gave those tools to our kids. And so I started looking at myself going, I don't want to pass on these tools that I've been given. Um, so that's why some of this started happening. God is so good. He's so good. He is transforming me transforming you. Oh, we're halfway through. Don't laugh. Stop it. (laughs) The way I see it is everybody's at home in their comfy pants. They can handle an extra 15 minutes. I'll try to wrap this up. I want to look real quickly. We can do this. I want to look real quickly at the four types of soil Jesus talks about in the story. He tells us that um, let's see. And I'm going to look at the, the seeds and how the, the soils affect the seeds uh, to learn more about this warning he's giving us about the incredible importance of how we hear. The four places the seed landed were the pathway. One, the two, the gravel or rocky places. Three, the weeds. You're just nodding. Okay, I thought you were had input, and for the good soil, okay? So there are conditions, if you will, that are necessary for the soil to be good and the seed to grow. Three of these places were not good for seeds to grow into maturity, right? And it's in those places we find what is needed. And so as I'm studying this, I just got this picture, okay? We've got one, the pathway. So the Passion Translation reads it this way. Excuse me. The hard places represent the hard hearts of men who hear the word of God but the slanderer quickly snatches away what was sown in their hearts to keep them from believing and experiencing salvation. 
So we've got this soil condition, but I think we've also got a kingdom reality where God says, you were made, my word in you can come to maturity in healthy community. So in this verse, we see the slanderer quickly snatches away what was sown. I believe these are ta- this verse is talking about offense. We come into community, we get offended, and I don't know if you've ever been in a bad cycle of offense, but I have where it literally, I was out on Van Tile the other day. You know, nothing grows where everybody tramples and walks and bikes and nothing grows there. And, and I was just, I got this picture of like, oh my gosh, that is offense. When you are running through that offense and anger and let it brewing into bitterness, it is like a, a um, just trampling down that healthy soil. You're becoming hard-hearted in your heart. It's just continually getting trampled down. You've got to stop that cycle and let, um, let healing come in that area. Um, the seeds planted, but that constant foot traffic of, and listen, let me tell you this real quick. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. And I know none of you have done this, but let me just share my experience. Whenever you have an accusing thought towards somebody, guess who you're partnering with? Not God, not Jesus, the devil. Okay? Um, so that constant, food, that, those constant accusations and slander against others, um, it made the soil hard. The seed doesn't even have a chance to get in the ground before being taken away. You come to church, somebody cuts you off in the parking lot. They don't say the right thing during the offering message. You're done. You're offended. You're out of here. Just hardening, hardening. Okay, so the word in community. Healthy soil is a heart that is in community and is learning to deal quickly with the offense. Okay? Remember, love, love believes the best. We need community. And, and that's one of the biggest places where we figure out where those hard places are and get get it tilled up a little bit too. We need each other. We need each other's quirky, offensive selves. That's how we learn to be tender and soft and loving and gracious. You're welcome. That's why I'm here. Just help you grow, people. Okay, and I'm going through this quickly. We could spend a week on each of these. The gravel and rocky places says the seed falling on the gravel represents those who initially respond to the word with joy But soon afterward, when a season of harassment of the enemy and difficulty come to them, they wither and fall away for they have no root in the truth and their faith is temporary. So this is, this is really interesting to me. There is a place for trials in our growing. And let me, you know, uh, James 1, 2 through 4 says, brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Here's what I, here's the, this what's stirring in me. The times of difficulty in my life, I had two choices. I could let it overtake me and become a victim and become hopeless and become kind of careless with the word. Or I could go, no. This is hard. This isn't how it should be. But the word of God says this. Jesus is here with me in this trial and I will get through it. Okay, and and there are differences between, I think temptation can do the same thing. When we have a temptation revealed to us, like, oh gosh, that shouldn't be in there. It does the same thing. And please know God does not send those temptations. I don't think even sends the trials, but they're gonna come. And then we have the opportunity to take hold of the word and be refined 
and go deeper and let that seed go deeper and take more root. Or we can be like in this verse, a season of harassment of the enemy. Like anybody been there? A season of harassment comes. You wither and you fall away because you haven't put down the roots. Okay? Put down the roots. I have a page on that, but we'll go forward. The third one is the weeds and the thorns. These are distractions. Okay, Jesus says the seed that falls into the weeds represents the hearts of those who hear the word of God, but their growth is quickly choked off by their own anxious cares, the riches of this world, and the fleeting pleasures of this life. This is why they never become mature and fruitful. I think this is speaking of the, the value of singleness of God's presence in our lives, that we're not distracted there's so many distractions. Your phone, your work, your family, which is a decent distraction. Um, just so many things. You know, the finances, the what's going on in the world. There's um, all of it, you know. So many distractions. I think some of us are so distracted, we're not able to hear much of what God is saying. And the little that is caught is just muddled and mixed with all of the other input. Okay? There's a singleness to being in God's presence where you can go and say, All of it's gone, just you and me. And in that place of his presence with the word, then it can grow. Then it can be given life. But if not, if you let those distractions, that will choke out the word. It will choke out. Again, what are you paying? How are you hearing? What are you giving value to? What are you letting have authority in your life? Get rid of the distractions. They're there. Deal with them. Get rid of the ones that are stupid. And... Move stupid, 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 and move on. Um, okay, and the good soil, this is, you know, lovers of truth who hear the word deep within their hearts, those who hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit. Um, and I think that's what we've kind of talked about the whole time. I also pulled up John 15, the verses 1 through 4 or something where, And God says, Jesus says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. Abide in me, dwell with me, be with me, be in my presence. This is how you will produce fruit. And without me, without being connected, you can't produce anything. Okay, there is no life. So I think, you know, and let me reread some of these. We've got um, the word in community, the word in trials, um, the word in presence. And I think all of those things contribute to a healthy and whole environment, like a greenhouse, where the word of God gets full place and full attention. So that's, we'll stop there. I know we're running over. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I hope you guys got that. I just want to really pray for you that there is a, I don't know, what am I feeling right now? A breaking off maybe? Of, of the distractions, of the fears, of the worries, of, um, and just a deeper hunger. Like, wow. I mean, that's how I started. I, there was this hunger. Like, wait, you say you came from poverty and now you're doing pretty well and God transformed your heart in the area of finances and wealth and things like that. Oh, you, you came from a dysfunctional, abusive family and now your kids are healthy and your grandkids are healthy and you're healthy. Tell me how you did that. It comes from this hunger. So I want to just break off of us today shame where you're like, I can't, I can't bring that to God or I can't bring that to my community. I can't, we're just gonna, let's just pray. I don't even know why I'm talking anymore. 
Let's just pray because God is good. Father God, we just thank you for this word today, and I pray that it will be received with with joy and with value and with just a, a nurturing, God, that we would guard this word in our hearts. And God, I just pray for an awareness of what we think about, what we give attention to in our lives that is not healthy, that is not good, and that is not producing an environment of life inside of us for your word to have its full work. God, we want to harvest. We want the biggest harvest possible from every seed, every word you speak to us, God. So I just thank you for that. And I do, God, everybody who's listening, everybody under the sound of my voice, I just thank you that shame is being broken off, fear is being broken off, that, God, the things that are distracting are being broken off, that, God, we can oh, just have that hunger and dive in and want more of your word and your presence and your life, God, that we would not settle for anything else, that we would not settle for any thought that you don't have, that we would not settle for any attitude that you don't have. So thank you, Jesus. I just thank you for your life right now and the power of this word going into every heart and every home. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand up and uh, we're going to... I was like, no, I don't think I'm going to be teaching your stuff. Whoops. Um, it'll come out different when you do it. Um, what are we supposed to do? Oh, I'm going to remind you real quick. Do check out our Facebook page. Do check your emails. Um, you know, get me your email if you need it. Uh, you can also go to the website, rmcmchurch.org. And if you go to the announcements page, you can enter your email right there. And you'll start getting our weekly announcements and emails. So anybody at home that doesn't get them, you can do that. Facebook page, we're just going to be updating you about our services and um, the things where, you, where we can help and serve in the community. So we'll keep you updated on all of that. Please connect. Uh, is that it? Yep. Okay. All right, let's um, say Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin in the world on the count of three and then be dismissed. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.